Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? Coach, how does this look, man? <laughs> Smallest muscle you you've seen today, I'm sure. Uh, dude, wow. as I always say, every day on the podcast is a holiday. We got someone super special to join Um Head strength and conditioning coach, like I'm just amped because I know your energy, and I've been around dudes who have you know been the head and strength and conditioning of the football program. The energy is must be through the roof. I have a trillion questions. I see your Instagram and whatever that you guys are doing, it is fire. These dudes are competing, like I love every second of it. Also, these guys look really big and scary to me now as I'm trying <laughs> to slim down. Um, Brady Collins, thank you so much for being here. No, I appreciate it, guys. It's like, you know, it's an honor. It's an honor to uh, represent you guys, the former players, to represent the current guys. Um, you know, very humbled and excited to join you guys. And just remember, man, you, you never lose it. You just got to get it back. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to lie. I definitely lost a step. <laughs> and I lost, uh, you know, I, I bet you believe, you understand. Like, it's football is a mental game. When you're not the alpha anymore, like, you can't think you can take hits or deliver them, dude, it's over for you. And eventually everyone hits, I think, that that place. Unless you're like the most elite of the elite. But you know, I think football comes to an end. But uh you're the you're the reason people think they can think, you know, think like that, which I, (laughs) you know, I appreciate. Like the stronger you are and the bigger and faster, dude, you can deliver those blows. You can take those blows. Like that's huge. Yeah, it is. It's a you know I always say, you know, yes, it's it's a it's a confidence booster, but you know, no doubt, everything that we do in the weight room, it it's to make you a better football player. Like, if I wanted to just coach, you know, heavy benchers and squatters and all this stuff, I wouldn't be a strength coach for football. So, you know, and in turn, what's obviously exciting is when you see those great athletes that play football really well. But what naturally happens because they work hard, well, they are great lifters, you know, and. uh that's why, you know, the weight room is just like football and it's just like life. It's going to reward those that grind. And, uh, you know, there's no surprises when it comes to that. Absolutely. Dude, I love that. Absolutely. Man, hurry up and do I, this, I man. I want that. to get into it. All right. This. Well, <laughs> we, before we really get into it here with Coach Collins, got to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at Bet Online. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device. To sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're going to get started with Coach Collins way, way back in Galena, Ohio. Because oh, I'm, man, you pulled we, it out. <laughs> we got we, 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 we to gotta, we, we go back. We got to get to the roots of this That's in out. Galena, Ohio. So introduce us to young Brady Collins in Galena, Ohio. <laughs> well, uh, let's see, you know, raised uh, by, you know, blue collar, hardworking family. 
Uh, mom always worked. Dad always worked. Um, I have an older brother. Uh, he's two two and a half years older than than me. Got a five year old younger sister, so she's thirty one right now. Um, and uh, you know we grew up like any family. You know you're going to work hard for things in life. Uh, you know growing up, you wanted those nice fresh Air Max ninety fives, right? You go to the store and your dad's like, no, nah, you're getting the all white, you know, Adidas over there or something like that, that were like $30. Um, but you know what? My family, they they were unbelievable, uh, you know, instilled all the work ethic and driving me to this day and, uh, you know, busted their butts to provide for three kids. And, you know, my uh, sister, she was in dance. My brother played football, basketball, baseball. I played uh, football, baseball, lacrosse my senior year. Um, so, you know, just very fortunate and, you know, owe a lot to them for instilling all those values in me. And, uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was a crazy young kid. I mean, you asked my, my parents, um, I was that troublemaker when I was younger, had a little extra wild side to me. Uh, I used to go toe to toe with my older brother and beat the crap out of him. And then he hit puberty (laughs) and then things changed. You know, my dad's like five ten. You know, he used to be all swole. Now he's, you know, he's, he's, he's older, but still, still uh, kicking ass. My brother's like six, two and a half, six, three. I'm five ten. You know, it is what it is, but uh, you know, very fortunate, um, you know, and uh, I know they can't wait to come up and uh, watch a game. So coach, how does, how do you get into like strength and conditioning? I feel like this is a very niche area. And especially on the college level, it's not easy. But but walk us through like the beginning. Like, were you a kinesiology? Is that the right term? Major? Yeah, like, is yeah. this okay? Hit, yeah, hit us off with like college, and then because I know you went I to mean, you went to school to play. Didn't you played football? You know, you you played football yep. in college. I know your team captain. You guys were yep. you know played D three captains. Otterbein College. Is that how it's pronounced? I don't. I'm, That's I'm, right, baby. All right, the there OC. we go. There we go. <laughs> I love it. The OC of Ohio, Otterbein College, not to be confused with Oberlin College. No. Um, uh, so did you, is that how you got into, uh, strength and conditioning? Like while you were playing there, was you, did you have this interest in high school? Like how did, like Bernie was saying, like, how does that, uh, passion for SNC like come about? Yeah, I would definitely say it really kind of started in high school. Um, you know, I was fortunate, you know, I was at a great high school and, uh, but we didn't have like a full strength coach, you know, it was like your D coordinator that would, you know, find workouts from other colleges or something like that. <laughs> But uh, we had this one guy that kind of came in around like probably my sophomore or junior year. And obviously I was bit by the iron bug. I loved it. I love squatting. I love benching. I love, you know, power cleans back in the day, even though we don't, I don't, you know, do them now. But like, you know, leg press and, you know, doing biceps so you couldn't move your arms. And like, I was just, I, I loved it. And, uh, you know, this guy kind of saw that I was a young meathead. And he'd be like, hey, why don't you why don't you come to Gold's gym with me on Sundays and train? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're in there and you're probably doing like weight that you should not be doing. And he's like spotting you up and he's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, but that that's probably where it really started. And then uh, you know, as I got into college and I was playing football, you know, my undergrad, I was one of those rare birds. I kind of knew I wanted to be a strength coach. And uh you know, I looked up, I was one of those kids that just, I looked up to the Mickey Marathis. I looked up to the Ken Mannies of the world, uh, the Mike Gittlesons, you know, these big name legends in the field. And, uh, you know, just started doing some research here and there. And my undergrad was, you know, lining up to, 
you know, do all the necessary steps to take your certification and do all that stuff. Um, in college, actually, even there, I mean, you know, Otterbein D3 school, we didn't have a full-time strength coach. So very much like high school, your D coordinator prints off a workout. And it was like my junior year, you know, myself and some other guys were like, dude, this is like a good workout, but I'm pretty sure we could come up with a, a better one. And, you know, we, we would plan our workouts, our off season workouts. And, you know, we had the best years in Otterbein history, went to the playoffs, all that stuff. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to say a lot of it had to do with, you know, cause we were invested in our training and, you know, the guys bought into it and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, in college I did a, a, uh, like a practicum at a, at a training facility. And it was great because you got to work with athletes, you got to work with regular population, heavy set, older people, young kids, you know, just the, the mom that wants to work out, just the dad that wants to work out. And that's where like, you know, you know, I found my niche. I was like, yeah, athletes is what I need to do football, especially. Um, then I did an internship at Ohio state my senior year. And that was probably the best because it wasn't even with football, it was with the Olympic sports. And that was back when you had like 5 a.m. workouts. So I remember getting up at like 3 a.m., driving down to Columbus, uh, which Westville wasn't too far, but, you know, to get ready to set up for like a swimming and diving workout at like 5. And, you know, knowing nothing about swimming and diving, but, you know, understanding that they're, they're student athletes too. They just want to be coached hard and trained. And so that was great. And then, uh, you know, I graduate. And, um, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go be a GA. Like, that's how easy it's going to be. Right. And so, you know, you email all these people and try to get your foot in the door and everybody's like, Hey, we don't have any GAs, but come intern. And I'm like, well, I got a, I got a bunch of student loans. I don't know if I could just pick up and go down to Florida or, you know, all these other schools. And, uh, my wife, uh, who was just my girlfriend at the time, she had another year of school left at Otterbein, but her family, was diehard like Kentucky basketball fans. Her whole family was from Kentucky. Um, so I was like, you know, looking for something that would keep that connection strong. Like, hey, you know, she'd be more inclined to visit more as she finished her last year of school. So I applied for the uh, master's program down there in kinesiology and sports leadership. And I got in. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, then I hit up the strength coach, you know, see if they want intern. Of course they did. Everybody wants free help. And uh, I did that. And, uh, you know, was interning there, you know, not like long hours, just kind of around my work schedule, which I was working at finish line at a mall to help pay the bills. Um, and, uh, you know, taking night classes out the ass. I mean, it was ridiculous. But and then uh, that first year I was there, that was the 09, the 09 season. Rich Brooks retires and uh, Joker Phillips comes in and, you know, takes out the, you know, the strength staff is going to bring his own people in. And I remember like, you know, I'm 20, what, 22, 23. I don't know. And uh, the AD comes down. I'm just an intern, like in the weight room, like what's going on. And he's like, Hey, watch the weight room for the next two weeks. And I'm like, Chuh. like what? Like, I don't know what's going on. And uh, Ray rock Oliver comes from the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, Ted Lambernitas, who's, you know, such a, a fountain of knowledge and support to everybody in the strength conditioning community in the NFL and, uh, NBA, MLB, you know, very fortunate. Those guys, when they came in, you know, they kind of took me under their wing and, uh, you know, taught me the ropes, taught me the business side, the relationship side. And, uh, and then I earned a GA there and, uh, obviously things didn't go too well at Kentucky and, uh, the staff got fired in 2012 
And it was like within two days, I had an opportunity to go down to Mississippi State. And uh, Matt Bayless was the head strength coach there. And he called, you know, Ted and said, hey, I got a position open, need a guy. Drive down, eight hours, interview, stay for two days, get the job. Awesome. Rocking and rolling there. Uh, 2013 was a pretty good year. Dak Prescott started to take over that team, win a bowl game, and come back home. I'm at a B-dubs, drinking beers, watching some games. I get a phone call. Bayless is leaving Mississippi State. He's going to UConn, a uh, family decision. And, you know, Mullen loves me, but, you know, we'll figure out, you know, whatever happens. And I'm like, oh, okay. I had just turned down like two other jobs before that because I was like, you know, I want to stay at Mississippi State, see this thing out. Well, it all worked out. Uh, Rick Court came from Ohio State um, and we hit it off. We did great there. 2014 was a big year. You know, that was when Dak Prescott kind of had the Heisman campaign. We went to the Orange Bowl and uh, we start the 15 off season. We get all the way to May, and then, uh, you know, I get a phone call from Mick Marotti at Ohio State. He's got an opening. I fly up. I get the job, um, and I'm there, and that's where I develop my relationship with Thick. And then, uh, you know, the opportunity in Cincinnati happened, all in. I'd follow Thickle anywhere. I said, you know, I've always said if he goes to Alaska, I'm there. That's how much I believe in him. Um, we go to Cincinnati. We build that program, and then, no-brainer, this opportunity comes up, and Extremely proud and honored to be here. Well, I mean, that first off, that's a fascinating story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Sorry um, if we got a little long. No, no, no please. Yeah, I wish it went there's longer. No I was thing. in it to win. I, I was, dude, it's, it's feels like you're, you know, like when the coaches are talking, you're like locked on, you know, like yeah. no messing around. Um, that's what I love about your energy, man. It's like, I could sit here and listen to you speak all day. And I'm sure that's, but that's the uniqueness of like water strength and conditioning coaches. What else do you think is like, your specialty just by being you that has gotten you from, you know, all these different places and people want you and, you know, Fick wants to take you with like, what is, what, what's it, what's it about you that you think you just bring to different places or to your, or to other people? I think it's just, you know, it's my natural persona. You know I mean? Like I use the word juice, like, <laughs> because that's just like energy, you know, it's like, it's, it's your swag. It's your confidence. And, uh, you know, like I said, when I was a young kid, I had, I probably had a lot of juice, like <laughs> might've been bouncing off the walls. Probably my parents were like, we should probably get this kid checked out. But, uh, you know, again, just the way I was raised, it was just this hard work ethic. Um, you know, kind of that I always had a chip on my shoulder. Um, you know, it's never, I was never the smartest person in the world, right? Like I'll admit that right now, even to this day, that's why I have a great staff, but like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm motivated by, um, you know, competition. I'm motivated by winning. Um, you know, I, I always talk and I say this to the kids and I told some of them like, you know, fear is a good thing, right? Cause you know, you're going to have butterflies. You're going to have those things that drive you. And I was telling some of the kids like, you know, failure is great, right? Like you're going to learn from failure. It's going to make you grow all that stuff. I said, my number one fear is failure. And I, in turn that it's also my main motivation. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to let the kids down. I don't want to let the program down. I don't want to let coach down. I don't want to let my family down. And, uh, and that's what just kind of drives me. So, but you know, in turn, it's, just, it, I think it's just like, you know, in any profession, especially ours, you know, you, you got to be yourself. And I think kids see that right away. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, 
the world is like, all oh, these kids, they're not as smart and blah, 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 and all that. Like, no, like kids see through bullshit. They know what's real. They know what's fake. And uh, when they genuinely see that, one, you care, which is the, the utmost important thing. You know what you're talking about. You got, you know, a little stuff to back that up, but also that you're just genuine and you're consistent in your energy, in your passion, and ultimately in your love. I mean, that's a word that's just thrown out there, but, you know, I, I said it all the time from day one, our job's to rip open our chest and give you our heart. Because one, that's what the kids deserve. But in turn, we ask the same from those kids, right? Because anybody can write a workout. Anybody can yell at a kid and say, hey, give me two more. Hey, get deeper. You know, don't touch the line, blah, blah, blah. When you can make a real relationship with a kid, that's when you can really develop his heart, his mind, and his soul. The body is easy. It'll take That'll take no effort. And uh, so that's kind of where I pride myself on is, you know, really developing real relationships with these kids to maximize, you know, not only their genetic potential, but above and beyond so that, you know, one day, not only are they great football players, but they're great husbands, fathers, businessmen, CEOs, teachers, whatever it is that life has in store for them after football. Wow, got, yeah. I, hey, I have like hey, a thousand questions. I do, I do too. <laughs> well, I, I could go in a thousand directions from that. Cause well, one of the questions I was going to ask you is what's at the core of your strength and conditioning philosophy. And it sounds like you, what, I mean, you kind of answered that by saying it's the whole person. It's not just the physical strength. It's the whole person. Would you, a, would you agree with my understanding of what you just said? Um, and yeah. if there's something else that's at the core of like, sort of like what you believe in an overall sort of uh, strength and conditioning philosophy that you would want to like add onto that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, everybody that is at a program, you know, that's done it this way or they do it this way. Look, if, if you believe in it, if you pride yourself in it, if you coach it the right way, if you have results, if the kids are bought in, your heart's in it, awesome, power to you. Um, you know, for me, I think it's just kind of the way I was brought up in this profession. I've seen a little bit of this. I've seen a little bit of that. I know what my niche is, um, you know, and again, I think going back to being true to who you are is very important in all of that because, you know, I, I love telling these kids, you know, we're not just a bunch of meatheads that saw some cool stuff on YouTube. We're going to throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. Like it's science-based research. Um, but I, and I told these kids the first week, you know, they met me. I said, look, this is coming from the head strength coach. I will give zero, you know, what's what you bench, what you squat, what you run. I care about how well you play football, how accountable you are, how well you do in academics, how well you represent this university and ultimately your family, because if you do all those other things right, what's naturally going to happen? You're going to be a great football player because life doesn't work out that way. Like if I'm an average coach, then I'm probably going to be an average husband. I'm probably going to be an average father. So it's hard to be elite in all those areas. But when you're just consistent in what you do and you do things right, you're disciplined. And, you know, a lot of people hear the word discipline. They think negative. It's discipline is just doing everything right all the time. And trust me, that's hard. Like I said earlier, I, I make failures every single day, but I learn from them and I grow from them and it only makes me better. Um, but well, that's not, what I not think. to be repetitive in your failures. That's who, that's yeah. bad. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, I mean, and again, you know, the benches and the squats and all that stuff, of course, we all love it. I mean, who does it? You want to see some great stuff, but like, it doesn't make them a better football player. Like, what am I doing? You know? So that's kind of what we pride ourselves on, you know, philosophy while or philosophy wise it's a progressive overload system 
um, which means you're going to do more weight than you did the last week, as long as you're progressing. Uh, you know, it's ground-based movements. It's uh, training in all phases of motion, training on one leg, training on two. Uh, I love saying this. You know, we're, we're everything that we do is competitive. We're in your face. We're hands-on. Um, it's relentless, which I, in turn, equals love. And I say all these things because guess what? That's what the kids deserve. Like, and I, and I say it from my own experiences. I say it from what I know is out there. Anything less, I feel like the kids are being cheated because our job is to maximize these young men and the weight room should be their sanctuary, right? They got school, they got family, they got social, they got all these issues, right? And they, and it can weigh heavy on their shoulders and they can, you know, kind of be dragged down by their time constraints and school and all that stuff. When you're in the weight room, all that stuff should be gone. And I know it's easier said than done, but that's the only true time you have to truly maximize yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all those things. So I try to make it an environment that one, you look forward to every single day by the energy, the music, the tempo, the style, um, but also understanding that I'm not dumb. I know not everybody loves to lift. Not everybody's me, right? They didn't grow up bit by the iron bug. Like you're going to get kids from all walks of life raised differently. And you know what? They're going to be like, man, this shit sucks or whatever. Like, so if you're not a great coach and if you can't get them to buy into what you're preaching and, you know, developing, you're not going to have success. Well, before we started talking about one of the things that you mentioned was that you are, you know, you met with every single guy, you're meeting with every single guy on the team one-on-one. What do you, you know, and you talk about those relationships and building those relationships. What are you trying to get out of these meetings? Like when you're first meeting the players on the team, are you goal setting with each other? Like what, what, what's the sort of form that those kinds of meetings take? Yeah. You know, and uh, one it's, you know, we're new, we've been here for a little bit, but you know, you're training guys, you're seeing how they work, you're, you're appreciating it, you know, and you hear some things from some guys and all that stuff. It's really just a chance for them and myself, you know, to one, Hey, you know, Hey, where are you from? Even if I know, right. How many brothers and sisters do you have? What's your parents do? How did you get here? Where else were you looking at out of college or out of high school? Um, you know, what are you studying? What What's your go-to when you're not in the football building? Like, what's your, you know, what, what calms you down? What's your, you know, your stress reliever? Uh, what makes you tick? What, what's your motivation? What's your why? Um, and then you can get, you know, you can kind of get a little deeper into, you know, things that have happened here in the past or what they think about this or that, but, you know, you're not looking for anything to, to you know, what I want to hear or anything like that. It's just you're observing. You're, you're naturally letting these kids be themselves. And like I said, some could be short, some could be longer. And it's not like I'm following a strict criteria of what I'm asking. I, I'm just being natural. Like, you know, they come in. I probably, if I'm training them already, like, you know, we're going to just start dapping it up and talking about something. And then we get into that. If it's someone that, you know, I really want to know more about, we'll open that up. But um, it's really, it's really been awesome, you know, again, cause I think, I think the kids are really, really loving what we're doing. And that's not a testament to me and my staff. It's to that locker room. You know, I think just the more I talk and the more, you know, I've heard and observed to go through everything they did last year and all these new changes and all that stuff, those kids are like this. And, you know, they just come in every single day excited and, you know, just with like, this look on their face, it's like, coach me, coach me. And it's like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. Wait, coach, we got to go back for one second. What is it like to get the phone call from 
Coach Fickle or something saying like, hey, man, I'm going to Madison and I want you to come with me. Like what is because it seems like you've, you've bounced around a little bit. But how? first off, one, you're going to like the Big Ten. You're going to Wisconsin. That's a brand. You said it was your goal to be coaching at you know one of these elite areas. Not saying since he isn't, but you know, to me, Wisconsin is that. How how cool, how weird, how bizarre, like what's that transition like from the second you got that phone call to now? Yeah, you know, I mean, again, I, I, I'm fortunate that I have such a great relationship with Coach Vic that, you know, we're daily communication. Um, you know, what what the best thing about him is is his beliefs, his values, what he's saying, it's right here with me. And you have to have that from the top down. And uh, so, again, I'm very fortunate that we were able to build that relationship at Ohio State. And, uh, you know, that that's why he, you know, entrusted me with going to Cincinnati and taking that over. And then obviously here, you know, and it wasn't like it was a phone call. I kind of knew kind of what was going on. Um, but also, I just think it says a lot about this university, this program, this locker room, the administration. Uh, the fan base, the city, right? Um, you know, Coach Fick has turned down a lot of jobs. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't lie to you. Even as, you know, a strength coach, you're like, oh, you sure about that one? Like, maybe yeah. that one you could, you could maybe, <laughs> maybe see about it, maybe like a little bit more. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it really made me feel good because, you know, he's a man that's setting his values, his beliefs. He does things the right way on and off the field. And, you know, we got to a point in Cincinnati, I was like, all right, we're never leaving here. Like, we're good. We're, he's just going to keep kicking ass. We're going to keep winning. But it took a special place, like I said, with special people and administration and fan base and city and community. And now that I've been here and everything that he's told me when, you know, before I got here, it makes the most sense why this was the one, you know. And uh, ultimately, our biggest goal, you know, no doubt we want to win championships. And that's going to come. It is. But it's to develop these young men to be the best version of themselves. And uh, like I said, I know I'll probably say it a thousand times, the amount of honor, um, you know, just the pride that I have to represent these young men in this program, I mean, it's it's through the roof. You know, I kind of, I take a cold plunge every morning at the facility, right? And it's kind of like one of my things, I'm just trying to like try something new. But it also, you know, it's kind of like a Joe Thomas uh, reference. Um, and he reached out to me. Um, I was able to talk to him a little bit ago and it was like, you know, one of those surreal moments where you're like, dude, you're at a place where Joe Thomas, the elite of all elite tackles played and like is still around. And, you know, I'll, I'll go way back in high school. I used to do the Ron Dane celebration, you know? So like, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up in the big 10, you know, era, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Being from Columbus, Ohio, you naturally root for the Buckeyes, but I knew we'll of all you. the great programs around here, and uh, you know Wisconsin was one all was one of those places that I was like, man, that would be cool one day. You know, I mean, they got some big boys, and you know, and uh, now that I'm here again, it's just it's unbelievable. I want to drill down on something you said just a little bit earlier, which that you would follow if Coach Fickle went to Alaska, you would follow him. What is it about Coach Fickle? Because you're not the first person I've heard say this. What is it about Coach Fickle? that has about in your relationship with him specifically that makes you say that and makes you say that like with complete confidence in your voice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if my wife would love Alaska as much, but that's, you know, that's hearsay. Um, I, again, I think it's just, 
he does things the right way. Um, he's the same every single day and he's himself. He, uh, you know, when people ask me about him that don't, you know, really quite know or know exactly what I do and all that stuff, you know, obviously he's a great coach. He wouldn't be here if he wasn't. But before that, I see a great husband. I see a great father. I see a leader of men. And, you know, all that does is make me better. He makes me a better husband. He makes me a better father. He makes me better at my job because guess what? He he drives me and he, you know, pushes me to do things differently and better and all that stuff. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a dude's man, you know, he's a man's man. Like he's hardworking. He's blue collar to the T. Like, I don't care how much money he's making one. He doesn't know his wife handles it, but um, smart man, he's, you know, he's, he's just, he's, you know, he's the ultimate guy, you know, he's a guy you can have a beer with. He's a guy you can go work out with. Um, he's going to be extremely competitive in anything that he does. And uh, he's honest, he's loyal. And he just, you know, he, he, he's he's the pure reason why so many guys that, you know, maybe played for him or, you know, worked for him one time. And it's not because he got this big job and everybody's like, I want to come back and be with you. No, it's, but we dealt with the same thing in Cincinnati. Everybody wanted to come there. Everybody wanted to work for him, former players, all that stuff. Cause they want to be around him. They want to be around someone that has energy and creates, you know, this aura of strive to be the best and, in turn, the best thing about that, it's not to be the best so you can make money and do all this stuff. It's to maximize these young men. And that's that's ultimately what I'm all about. Yeah, um, one, I love it. Like it's it seems like listen, you gotta have the right culture, the right mentality to come into a team, you know, with all the drama that happened in throughout the year to come in and literally keep guys. Like even like Jimmy Leonard before is like, I'm consistently recruiting my own guys. And then coach Fick comes in really either guys went to the NFL or they stayed. I mean, and, and that to me says a lot. What was it like if you, I mean, you can tell me or you don't have to, what was it like that first week for him and for you to, to be like, man, we're coming into this place, but all this happened and it's not normal. Like, you know, we've been around the gridiron for a long time. I've never seen something like this before in my time. Like three coaches in one year is wild. Yeah. What was that like, you know, coming in and just instilling this whole new culture and being so solidified in what you do, knowing that, you know, confidence and getting in front of the dudes, like how, how was that? Yeah. You know, and I, I think uh, it's kind of twofold kind of deal. You know, when, when it all went down, um, you know, thick was up here right away and, you know, as much as I wanted to come up right away and start to do things probably wouldn't have been right, you know, because those kids were, they still had to finish the year. They had a bowl game. There was a staff here and, you know, in turn, just going back to the way thick is the man he is, he respected that. He knew that he wanted that staff to finish. He wanted that team to finish. And, you know, that gave him a great opportunity to observe, you know, up close and from afar. And, uh, you know, all that did was just get the get the wheels turning. And, you know, he got to see, you know, what was missing and what he needed to do here and who needed to be in this position and that position, not even just on the field and in, in the off field, the support staff, all that. And so, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was hard for me because, you know, you know, your, your great friend and your, your boss and your mentor and, you know, the guy you look up to, he heads up here 
And, uh, you know, I'm holding down the fort at Cincy. And, you know, those guys are still playing in a bull game and they're hurting. But, you know, you're there for the seniors. You want to ride it out with them. You know, the report's already out there. You're leaving to go up there. And the kids are like, damn, coach, I'm going to miss you. And you're just like, yeah, I know. I love you. And then you're like, but I'm not leaving yet. So <laughs> um, it was it was it was weird and unique. But I think ultimately in the long run, it turned out to be the best because, again, what did he get to do? build relationships with these young men and uh that in turn allowed for a lot of those guys that were might have been you know thinking of this way or that way to really get to sit and meet with coach and understand who he is and his vision for the program and then uh you know allowed me to finish out something for the for the seniors there at Cincy and those guys that we brought in and developed and also at the same time you know get my wheels turning and get you know from what he's given me on input and all that stuff and then, you know, when when we finally got up here, it was, you know, hey, the easiest part will be the workouts and all this kind of stuff. It's we got to get these kids. We got to, you know, enhance it. We got to enhance the culture. We got to develop them. And um, but it, it was it was kind of one of those things that turned out to be a blessing. So you show up, you go into the weight room. That place is no joke. What's your first thought of like just the physical space? Yeah. I mean, one, there's not like a straight line anywhere in that room, you know? Yep. Um, I love it though. I really do because it's right under the stadium. You know, I mean, like you touch a concrete pillar, you're touching one of the most historical stadiums in the world. And, uh, you know, to me, that's cool. Right. You know, I, I don't care if there's fancy windows and offices, I could give a less. I mean, I'm just being <laughs> honest. Um, you know, bells and whistles are this and that, uh, you know, just my initial thought was like, wow, this is kind of spaced out. It's kind of, you know, curvy. There's an area over here. There's an area over there. There's racks over here. Like, all right, what's what's our flow? What's our vision? And if you ask any of my assistants, you know, they they know I'm crazy. I move stuff every off season because I want the psyche to be different. I want the kids to always feel like it's new. You know, oh, I'm used to that machine being there. Now it's, oh, it's way over there. I got it. So you're, you're always on your toes. And I need that more than anything. I, it could be my ADD. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I just love doing that. So, you know, we get here, we see this unbelievable space. Um, and then I just see, you know, the little things, which in any program and in, in anything in life, the little things are really what adds up to greatness. Um, I was like, all right, you know what? Let's do this. Let's uh, all that paint. Let's make it bright. Let's get it white. You know, those lights, some of them are on, some of them are off kind of dim let's get all new lights in here to brighten this space up um you know let's get uh let's get these platforms off the ground because i know the floor is good and that'll open up more you know flow for things that we do uh these machine machines used to be there we're going to move them over here i'm going to set this up this way i'm going to set that up i pretty much moved every single thing that was in there to a new spot because again i wanted the kids to feel like it's a new room they walk in it's brighter the paint's different um you know, the flow is different. And obviously I brought some new toys in and more toys are coming. And, uh, you know, what's, it's your, not, favorite, it's not what's like a, your favorite toy that you brought with you that was <laughs> new to the Badger guys? This is I'm really curious about this. Oh, man, that's a tough one. But I would easily say. The hammer chest press or the uh, pendulum squat pro. What's the and, pendulum squat pro? I don't know what that is. So that's a leg or a leg press. It's a leg press. Right. Okay. And so that's great for two things. Obviously, one, you know, during the season, guys are going to be sore, especially your O-line, right? They're in a loaded stance all game. I mean, hyperextended, they're 
You know, right? So their low backs are going to be a little sore. And on Sundays after a game, we're going to squat. We're going to squat and do incline, whether it's barbell, whether it's a hammer, right? Um, so you got to have a different modality for those guys besides just a back squat or a safety bar squat or, you know, dumbbell goblet squat, something like that. So that's a great piece because it doesn't load your spine. You sit in a seat vertical, you put your feet in a great position, you press out, and then you get juicy with it. I mean, it is awesome. I mean, I brought one, I, brought, I had one of my own in Cincy and I brought it here and I'm thrashing dudes on it and they love it. And we said, we need more and they're coming because it provides, you know, two things. One, if you got guys that, you know, are a little tweaked up, you can put them on that and you progress them safely. But then also on a Friday blowout, you know, you're squatting and you're going to go to the leg press because it's, it's, it's more of a mind thing than anything. But, uh, but then the chest press has been huge too, because, you know, again, when I kind of, you know, surveyed the room, I didn't really see much machines or alternatives for guys that, you know, maybe their shoulders banged up. Uh, maybe they got a cast on one hand. And again, you can do one arm dumbbells. You could do bands. You could do, you know, whatever you want. For me, the way I was raised is you could have a plethora of ideas, not only in your head, but also available to you for the guys that, okay, case in point with some quarterbacks, um, you know, instead of bench pressing, they're going to do the chest press. Does that make them soft? No, because they're still doing a chest press and it's putting their shoulders in a safer range of motion. They're still going to do a lot of weight and it's in a smooth, gradual resistance. And it's hard. It's still hard. Um, so it's great to have that because, you know, you got guys like Ches Malushi who's had prior shoulder injuries. Um, and then in turn, you know, he's working out and I got Braylon and Braylon's like, you know what? My shoulder bothers me every now and then. I'm like, cool, dude. Screw the bench. Let's go over here. And then all of a sudden he's doing 350 pounds on a chest press, maxing out reps as opposed to doing a, you know, a barbell. Who cares? He's, he's training hard. Um, you know, Muma. Muma was in a cast when I got here. I'm like, hey, Moon, can you grip this handle on this chest press? He's like, yeah. I'm like, awesome. There he goes. Um, you know, Jordan Turner was, you know, he had his wrist all taped up from the bowl game. And I was like, how's that barbell feel? He's like, ah, not so good. I'm like, cool, come over here. So it's kind of having those things for those guys that, you know, you can, you can have different modalities for because that's kind of what I pride myself and my staff on. If you look around the room, myself and all of our assistants, we're the head strength coach of our area. So we got our group, we're training our guys. Um, if you look around and maybe that guy's front squatting, well, that guy's doing like a, you know, a specialty bar that kind of sits, it's padded, but it's, you know, natural. Well, why? Because he's got wrist issues. You know, he might have uh, shoulder issues, you know, a year ago. It's all to benefit the athlete. You know, again, my job's not to get them to be the best weightlifters in the world. It's get them to be the best football players in the world. Coach, walk, walk us through like a week. Off season right now, like what? What's uh? You, first off, you're bringing back a lot of either good memories or scary memories with what you're <laughs> saying on Friday. Loaded up those legs in the off season. Um, what's you know? Please feel free to share whatever you want. But like, what's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday look like? Um, in in your uh, in your neck in of what the woods. you're doing? Yeah. Well, I think uh, you know. Again, something that I pride myself on as well too is. Uh, you know, I'm kind of old school to where, you know, a lot of a lot of people, when they get into the winter, they start running right away. 
right? And it's like, I get that to each their own. Um, but kids just came off a long season, right? Little extra stress with all the other stuff. So for me, just the way I know we do things and the way we train and how it correlates, I mean, the tempo at which we train, um, all of what we do is going to translate to the field. So I don't like to run for the first two weeks. I don't. I like to train hard. I like to get dirty. Um, you know, you're deadlifting, you're squatting, you're benching, you're incline pressing, you're rowing, you're pull-ups, you're pull-down, all those things. And then when you finally start to slowly incorporate, you know, your conditioning, the kids feel great. Well, why? Because they've been training. Their muscles are strong. They're, they've adapted. And then they can really, because, you know, everybody talks about speed. And no doubt, speed's awesome. The number one way to get faster is you get stronger. So, you know, that's that's a big thing that, you know, I think the kids have really bought into, too, is not like just heading out there and running right away. And we're going to slowly start get to that next week. But also some of the things that we do in the weight room, whether it's metabolically um, or, like I said, just the way we train and the stuff that translate, it, it carries over. But right now, I mean, a Monday is going to be a big time, you know, bench day. Um you know, and then we're going to, you know, superset that with some rows and some shrugs. Then you're going to do, you know, some type of shoulder press or movement, whether you're completely healthy or might have had an old shoulder injury. We got X, Y, and Z to do that instead with uh, some pull downs or pull ups, <clears throat> maybe some one arm shrugs to keep building the neck and upper back area because you got to have a strong neck and upper back to play this game. We're all, we train the neck every single day. Some form or fashion, whether it's machine, manual, bands, isometric holds, you name it. And then, uh, you know, always making sure we hit the shoulders on upper days so that we can continue to build that frame to withstand the blows that it takes to play the violent game of football. And then obviously you're going to finish with some buys and tries. Uh, Tuesday, we kind of make it like a little dynamic day, but, you know, you're going to front squat. Um, you're going to deadlift, which I think the kids have been loving. You know, today was a great day because we were hitting uh, doubles. And last week we were hitting triples. And they're all like, damn, coach, I just did 30 pounds more last week. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're getting adapted to the training. But also you're hitting doubles, you know, and you're you're doing well. But uh, And then we'll do some single leg stuff, you know, some knee dominant and hip dominant hamstring, um, some outer hip work, some groin, calf, all that stuff, some loaded dumbbell carries. One of the things that I really pride myself on, and we'll do it tomorrow, is Wednesday in the early stages of training, and it'll develop into something a little more hardcore here soon. But I love, I call it a recovery day. So you bring the guys in, you know, we'll have them in like three groups tomorrow, the bigs, the big skill, and the skill. And you bring them in, and it's a day where they're with you, and maybe it's in the weight room, maybe it's five stations, maybe go to the indoor, maybe their shoes are off. And it's all recovery stuff. You got, you know, hip, ham, groin stuff. You got shoulder. You got foot and ankle, uh, T-spine, mobility. It's just to flush their bodies, right? And you're, you're playing like 90s R&B. You're playing 90s country. You're hitting some of the hits, man, you know? And uh, it's just a day where you give back to them, right? Because, like, if all I did was this and then I expected them to do it every single day, at some point they're going to burn out. I know they're young. Right. And coach says this all the time. And I love it. You're 18 to 22 years old. Your mind is going to give out before your body. Right. Or your body's really going to give out before your mind. But your your body's only going to go as far as your mind takes. it. And in turn, if all I did was do that, though, your mind and your body's going to be done. 
So that's a fun day that we'll do. Uh, tomorrow we'll start kind of teaching them the warm up, the dynamic warm up, and all that stuff. Because next week we got some sprints lined up. Thursday is a great upper body uh, incline, um, pull ups or pull downs. I mean, I'm just the type like if I'm a 320 pound O lineman, am I going to do a pull up? I, I probably could, and that's impressive. Or I could put you on the lap pull down machine. You could pull 300 plus pounds, and you got to squeeze the rep and fight it up slow and like. So I love doing that with shrugs. Um, you're going to do some type of auxiliary chest movement, whether it's dumbbell bench or a chest press with some one-arm rows, some more shrugs, more shoulders, five tries, right? And then Friday, no doubt, that's the tip of the cap day. That's what we hang our hat on. Um, you know, Fridays are for the boys. I know Saturdays are too, but, you know, we're going to earn the weekend. Uh, you know, we're going to make it one of those days that, the kids remember it's just it's the juicy squat day leg press single leg um you know obviously always the, the hamstrings and some other stuff but and there's always a start and there's always a finisher and that's you know that's that's what i look forward to of course you do we used to, we used to do that on fridays as well it was a leg circuit and it was just like a blowout of the legs and then go up well you guys, so we used to have um, where the locker room is, where the, where right. the training facility is, was the weight room yeah. um, back in the day. And then you'd go up the ramp and literally yeah. do stations that were harder than hard. And it was <laughs> earning that weekend. It was no joke. Um, do you guys incorporate some of those things like when you do do speed or like are there days like um, we used to do uh, the upper decks in the stadiums on Tuesdays in the summer? and And really like it's a killer mind mental. Like you, you look up and you're like, man, I got to run over there. Then I got to jog across. And then I go, yeah. you know, and I was with the skill cause they didn't have, uh, I, do they have intermediate? Maybe they did, but I wasn't part of it. Cause or the intermediate, they, they knew you were the an skill. athlete. They knew you were an athlete. <laughs> but I was like 265 pounds, not running with <laughs> running with the cornerbacks is not something I needed to do. But do you, do you guys incorporate, first off, you do five days a week, which is different even though Wednesday is more of a lighter day, but yeah. do you do stuff that is, is like super intensive, like a stations day, a, a stadium day? Is, is there that stuff incorporated too? Yeah. And you know, it's not full on five days, but it is, you know I mean? Again, the one thing that I love saying is, you know, time is the most non-renewable resource we have. So one, we got to maximize it and we got to be efficient and we're not going to waste it. So you know, the first week guys are getting used to the flow of things. It might have lasted like an hour and 15. And then this week they're accustomed. Well, what happens? It's even faster. It's like an hour. And, you know, just the way my mindset is too, I always like Tuesday and Thursday being that workout that they know is going to be like, I mean, quick, fast paced, boom, boom, boom. And every workout's like that. But Monday, you know, it's going to start transitioning here soon to where we lift and then we'll do a team speed day. And, uh, you know, Tuesdays, you're, you know, dynamic lower body as we keep transitioning. Wednesday, you recover or mat drills. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Thursday, you know, it's just straight upper body, right? Because you're coming off a Tuesday lower. Wednesday, maybe mat drills. So Thursday's just straight upper, getting juicy. And then Friday's that one day, you know, maybe you got some plyos and some med ball stuff, some jumps. Uh, maybe you got a prowler finisher. Who knows? Um, you get creative with that. But uh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, trust me, I've already I've already surveyed 
Camp Randall. And I'm just waiting until the snow kind of dissipates because I'm going to run it. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I'm one of those guys too. I'm never going to put these kids through something that we've never done. And, uh, you know, so, but one, I need to do it for my own sake. That, that'll kind of feel like my, you know, welcome to Madison moment in a way, (laughs) but there will be unique things that we do, uh, that, that always has a deeper meaning. Like I think that's for me, one of those things that, you know, with my relationships and my creativity and all that stuff is not just doing something to do it, but finding a unique way to create a, you know, a, a, a connection with it. So if we do run the stadium, there's going to be an intent. Why? Right. Obviously you want to protect your house. Uh, you got seven home games guaranteed. Right. So maybe that number seven comes in line somehow, some way, um, you know, and uh, you know, just finding those times, you know, cause the best part is as you plan your, you know, your program out, you know, and you look at spring ball and all those things, you obviously want to be doing that. So if we started right away and we were just running and doing all this stuff, I mean, you could still have your values and the strength gains and all that stuff. But if you're really priding yourself on developing lean mass, changing bodies, um, you know, getting them to buy into the, to the strain and the effort, the attitude that we want, the intensity, um, the urgency, you're going to lose maybe a little bit of that. So it's kind of like a fine line, kind you know, the mad scientist approach, but uh, no doubt I'm looking forward to, to kind of fine tweaking all those things. It's a coach. I'm going to use that hill up to uh, the indoor. I'm going to use that for sure for hill sprints in the summer, 100%. Oh, oh, the ramp? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We used to do that all the time. Yeah. Unless I can find something on campus, that's better. Baskin Hill. They used to Baskin you, Hill. Uh, Baskin Hill. Um, oh, there we go. Oh, it's, it's, uh, no, everyone's going to be mad at us for <laughs> suggesting that. Coach, we used to run, we used to sprint up the ramp, and, and JD, the head guy, you know, 20 years ago, would open the doors. Is it January? So you'd run outside. You know how, like, at the top, yeah. there's like it's, it, and so you run outside to run back in. And it was, <laughs> you know, talk about a cold bath like you do in the morning. I, it, that was the worst. You're like, I just don't want to run outside, but you can't yeah. stop. Like, you have to sprint through the whole thing. So, um, which of course, you're giving him ideas, Bernie. Uh, listen, I got a bunch, coach. If you ever need any torture, you know, like, <laughs> hey, if there's one thing I've heard, I've heard unbelievable stories of uh, JD. So, you know, and again, he was a special dude. JD is the he person was. on this podcast. I think JD is mentioned more than any coach in the history of this podcast. I think JD has had, because that's I think awesome. that, and that's the other thing I want to ask you about being a strength coach, the relationships. Okay. So I, I'm the outsider here, right? I'm not, I'm not the former Badger football player. I just played rugby, but I'm the relationships between players and strength coaches are special. Like they're special. No doubt. What is it? What makes those relationships special to you? And why do you sort of treasure them? I'll say this. And I, and I even tell this to recruits, you know, um, Hey, it's great that, you know, the, Whiteout coaches, you know, talking to you all the time. And, you know, the head coach is giving you some love and all that stuff. Guess what they do? They go on the road recruiting. They take vacations. Guess what I don't do? Neither <laughs> of them. <those>. that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Coach Fick and I actually, one year, we wrote down and we tracked every single day that my eyes were on the kids. And out of 365 days, it was 287. So, Nobody's going to develop these guys 
and really not just develop, but know more about them than us, right? We're going to see them when they're happy. We're going to see them when they're sad. We're going to, and well, if we're good at what we do, we got to know when they're up. We got to know when they're down. We got to know when, you know, they got girlfriend issues, when they got family issues, just all those types of things. Because, you know, if we just tried to coach everybody the same way, we'd be cheating them. You know, I mean, not everybody ticks the same way. And that's, that's, you know, I'm so blessed to have a great staff of guys that are just from different backgrounds and all that stuff. But, you know, I always call our, or I call ourselves the Avengers, right? Like we're a group of men or women, you never know, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we have these superpowers, right? And our superpowers all work together to protect the world, but really to lift up and build young men. So, um, and I think it's just, you know, the, the relationship, like we all played college football. We understand the grind. We understand academics, you know, you know, kind of going back to what I said earlier, we're not just finding stuff on YouTube and like throwing it at the wall and be like, this is cool. Like it's science-based, it's research-based. Um, there's, you know, progression to it, but, uh, you know, and, and we're, the, we're the coolest guys in the room. I mean, come on. You know, it, it's, uh, you remind me a lot of like JD though. You know, it's the energy. He was there. We used to joke. We'd come in at 545 and he'd be there. And it looks like he was there for like two hours. So, like, <laughs> you know, you, you know, he dem- what, what I think is important is he demanded a lot and he got a lot out of guys. And, and just like you said before, a lot of dudes came in, never lifted a weight in their life. Like literally my coach was psycho with lifting weights. And that's all I did. And I get there and I'm lifting with these dudes who, who ended up becoming some of the best players to ever play at Wisconsin and, and never Hawthorne, have lifted a weight. All American, never lifted a weight in high school. Never didn't even do like push-ups. And he came in, he was beasting dudes. And JD's like, listen, once I like can actually get us off season with you, you're gonna be, you're gonna dominate. And he did for four years. Um, but like Scott Starks came in first off, caught up. You, you know, you see these dudes out their shirts, and you're like, man, this guy's gonna bench the house. And this dude couldn't even do it. We did hang clean, which, you know, to like the knees. So we didn't do like mm-hmm. a full full range. You're like, man. But you're. You, I think you've talked with Brian Bott. Like these guys really took, you know, they they love kids and they love develop, yeah. developing them. And, you know, I, I think that's special. But, dude, your energy and kind of the things you're saying, it's like, I'm like, oh, man, JD. <laughs> dude, I introduced this a long time ago. So my wife can't get mad. Um, she will, though. I introduced JD. I saw him at a football game. And I was dating someone at the time, and she's like, "Why are you so? Why are you always early? Why you freak out like all the time? Why do you need a?" And I'm like, "Because I told her I was like JD, and this is like 15 years after I left. Yeah, you know, I still have nightmares of JD. By the way, of like waking up late because I, yeah. you know, like we had a certain time you had to be there. And so I introduced her once, and I'm like, "This is the reason that I need a clock in every room, and like we have to be early everywhere." And, it, and yeah. he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> So, I mean, listen, I, I still need to know, like, I have clocks everywhere because I can't. <laughs> You're um, looking over your shoulder right now, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Well, not for my wife, but for the clock. Yeah. It's just scary. <laughs> I don't know which one scares me more, JD or my wife. And JD, I haven't seen in 10 years. Yeah. Um, but I want, you know, I wanted to ask you, like, what is, what is the, um, like, the difference between, like, you're now you're in off-season working out, you have summer which do you, I'm sure changes a little bit or a lot. And then you have the in-season. What's the difference between each one of those uh, parts of the year? I mean, obviously right now is really special just because, right, there's a lot of new change. There's a lot of new energy. Um, and the kids feel that and they see that. 
Um, you know, you're trying, and we were blessed with, you know, a, a little intro week of discretionary where if they came in, we could do some stuff and, uh, you know, assess them in a way. And then, you know, that way when we hit the ground running, we were, you know, still coaching, you know, the movements and all that stuff, but the kids kind of had a little idea of, you know, who we are, what we're about. And, uh, you know, I will say this, I mean, from day one, these kids have just been unbelievable. You know, like I said, it's like that locker room is, is really tight. They want to be coached. They want to be pushed. They're hungry. Um, and I think they just, they feel all that stuff. And, and also, you know, they're, they, they deserve that, you know? And, uh, so right now that's what it's about. It's about building, you know, the culture. It's about building, uh, the intensity and the urgency and the tempo of what we do. Um, and it's been really cool because guys, I mean, obviously, you know, they're starting to feel pretty good. And they're like, Oh man, I'm not as sore as it was last week. And it's like, you're slowly getting adapted to the way we train. And then <laughs> guess what? Then we'll mix it up on you and we'll do this. But, um, you know, everything's kind of new, but they're starting to get the flow. They're starting to get the, you know, the tempo of what we do. Um, I mean, the guys are already making some pretty good gains and, and rightfully so. I mean, it should happen. Like you don't want anybody like plummeting. Um, but you know, it's all about just, again, getting as big, as strong and as fast as you can, but also being healthy. And guess what? Being healthy is all of those things. Um, you know, for me, one of the coolest things is seeing someone like Braylon Allen, who's 240 pounds, right? I mean, a specimen of human being. And seeing that 240 from just two weeks ago to what it looks like now. And you're like, oh, damn, okay. You know, and he's mindful. He's like, what do you think I should weigh? What, and, I, and I tell all these kids right now, I'm like, guys, I'm not worried about body weights right now because you're getting adapted to this training style, right? We're feeding you better than we've ever fed him before, which is the best. Um, and I'm very blessed for that with administration and the dietitian, you know, really giving these kids what they deserve, great food. And, uh, so, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see how guys' bodies are changing and, you know, they will continue to change. And then when we go out, we start sprinting, they're like, Ooh, you know, I, I, I feel pretty good. And it's like, well, yeah, you're stronger. And, uh, you know, progressing that as we go, but ultimately to put them in the best position to have a great spring, to be healthy, to be durable, to give, you know, a great impression on no doubt, everybody's going to be all geeked up for the first spring practice because new energy, new staff, all that stuff. And then, you know, you see them play, you, you know, you talk with the coaches, you see what this guy might need, this guy, and uh, you lay out a plan, you know, with coach, with the nutritionist and all that stuff. And again, the plan is never, Hey, you bench 275 five times. You got to get 315 by summer. No, that that's the easy part, you know? Um, and then when the summer comes, it's all about, you know what? I mean, still driving the culture, uh, maximizing yourself every single day, upholding the standard, which uh, the kids have really loved that recently. And, uh, you know, getting ready to be in football shape for camp. You know, like I'm one of those guys, I, we're not going to do a conditioning test. Like, why would I condition the kids and test them when that's just a test to see if I did my job? Like, I'm just not about that. Like, I'm not going to just do stuff to do stuff. Everything we do has a purpose. If I'm an O-lineman, I'm going to run five, maybe 10 yards all out. Because guess what? In a game, that's what I'm going to do. The only time I'm going to run more than that is because I'm going to celebrate with the boys. Right? <laughs> 
So when we do our heavy sprints and long distance stuff, hey, big boys, you're over here with me. Guess what? You're pushing a heavy prowler. You're pulling heavy weight. You're laterally lunging heavy weights, all those kinds of things. You're you know pushing med balls because what do those guys do? They are physically moving grown-ass men, 300-pound men from point A to point B. And you can't mimic that by just sprinting. You can't. I'm sorry. Um, you know, your big skill guys, you know, the average distance they go in a game, it varies. So you got to keep them in that range. And sports science, sports science helps with that, but also just being smart helps with that. Um, your speed guys, obviously, they got to have, you know, a little bit of um, not baggage, but they got to have the buildup on the legs to withstand what they're going to do in training camp. You know, the average load or distance that a wide receiver goes in practice is anywhere from like four to 6,000 yards. And at, you know, to the common man, they're like, holy, shit. well, that's warm up. That's pre-practice. That's, you know, when they walk from point A to point B, but you know, you take all that into account. So if you're not using that data to kind of progress what you're doing, you're really just rolling the dice. And like I always say, I'm never going to do that. Never going to do that with any person's health, their well-being. I mean, cause they deserve the absolute best and that's what they're going to get. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just fun, the transitions of the season, um, you know, kind of how some things change and are more heightened, but the values stay the same. We're still going to train you hard, hard. You're going to get the most out of yourself every single day. And what's really cool that I can't wait for these kids to see in season is there's no maintaining. Like, oh, man, you, you know, your range is right about here. We're going to stay here and, you know, just hitting that 65 to 75%, you know, of your submax. If you're not training to get stronger in season, you're not going to be playing your best ball at the end of the year. And like I said, in turn, you got to have some different things to help take care of those kids and train them in different ways. And that's kind of what I pride ourselves on. Um, so I can't wait for those things. But yeah, it's definitely fun, the, the changing of the seasons and all that stuff. But um, the intent stays the same to maximize these young men. Coach, we, uh, I know we're running out of time and we appreciate you spending more with us, but, um, back in the day, you mentioned like, uh, eating and, and all this stuff back in the day, we used to do a pre like gel creatine, and then we take some powder creatine. Is that something that you incorporate? Is there, um, like rehydration stuff? Like, I don't know what's available anymore. This is 20 yeah. years ago. Um, is there pre-workout? Is that something that you, it gets, is like something part of your, uh, your plan or is that, you know, you kind of don't like that stuff? No, I mean, again, everybody's going to take differently. Right. And, uh, you know, creatine, our body naturally produces it. Some guys can value from it if taken the right way, if approved by the NCA, obviously. Um, so, you know, you go through those things, get it approved by, dietitian and sports med um and you know sit and make sure they're educated on the proper techniques to do it but you know again i'm, I'm old school like the the thing still stands true if i'm going to train hard i got to fuel my body i got to get good rest i got to hydrate right mm -hmm. and uh you know but again i'm not dumb i know these are college student athletes like they got a lot of other things going on so you do your best to educate them uh you lead them in the right way um, you know, sometimes, and I mean, it's me maybe, but a lot of it's mental, right? You know, sometimes I'll have my guys take a shot of water, a shot of Gatorade, like before the lift, you know, it's just a fun thing, but like, I kind of, you know, just gets you going a little bit. I always, I call myself, I'm like a seven 11 or 
since I'm up here in Madison now, I'm like a quick trip. Quick trip. Right, right by my racks, I always got like gum and Gatorades and drinks and all this stuff. And like, I'll bring it up. And like, before we start, I'm like, hey, anybody need anything? They're like, oh, hell yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because <laughs> I need gum. I need a shot. I need something. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, no, you're always, you're always looking to get the kids the best for what they, what they need, what's going to help them, um, what's going to improve. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's a, you know, a try on air thing. And sometimes it's, Hey, you need this, you need that. But, uh, you know, yeah. Nutrition's hand in hand with everything that we do. All right. So coach, I I know we're running out of time. So you, you said you do not do the hand clean anymore. What, what's the reasoning behind that thought? Yeah. And I mean, maybe that breaks your heart and I'm sorry that it does. uh, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh all right. So here's, here's my question to you. Okay. The three most common injuries in football are what? Uh, knees. Are you being specific? A like ACL like, or like, let's just say all right, and on any given day, right? Like, you know, an ACL prevention has a lot to do with, you know, how you train the modalities of what you do, you know, your plyometrics, all that stuff. But just the three most common injuries. I mean, take out the big ones. No doubt concussions are up there. If you don't train your neck, you train your neck, guess what? And you're hydrated. You're going right. to be 75% less of having a, a, a concussion. Okay, okay, shoulders, but, knees, and ankles. I would say, yeah, I would say, ha- I would say hamstrings. You could say that if you're not trained the right way. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm going to knock on wood. We haven't had, in my time, much hamstring stuff. But uh, there we go. I just knocked. <laughs> um, it is right here. Wrists, your hands, your hands, yeah. your wrists, your elbows. Right. Name me one position on the field, and kickers do not count to where you're not using those three things in the game of football. There isn't one. There isn't one. Right. And just me, the way I was raised. Right. I've done hand cleans. I've done power cleans. I've done all of that, and I've been at programs that did all that. For me. Right. One Olympic lifting takes a lot of time. And I do. I have a lot of respect for the people that do it and they do it really, really, really well. But like I said, time is the most non-renewable resource. You never get it back. You got to maximize it. You got to be efficient. So for me, the best bang out of the buck that I know works and is really going to develop these football players, instead of doing a hand clean where guys come in, you got to start with a stick, then you start with a bar. And you slowly add a little weight, right? How many times have we seen guys that get fully here? They might be here, right? The wrist mobility is bad. Their feet go out. Their feet go back. Their feet are perfect. So again, to each their own. For me, it's what is a hand clean? It's triple extension, right? You could do a triple extension exercise from A to Z so many different ways. So for me, we do those in different ways. And yet, where's our power? Where's our strength? Where's our explosiveness? It's done in this. It's done in that. It's done in that way. So that's kind of my philosophy on that. I'm not like one of those guys that's like, oh, it's awful. We're not doing that. Get that out of here. It's just I know the way that we do things. It works. Um, it's safer. And I want to keep guys healthy, man. I mean, you said it. Name me a position besides the kicker. It's right there. <laughs> Zero. Okay. Well, I usually get guys out of here on rapid fire questions. We don't have enough time for rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you one thing, though. One thing okay. to finish off. It's Friday. We are juicing out in the weight room, 
Bernie is uh, Bernie's up there and he's getting yelled at. What are you putting on the boom box to really get it going? Oh man, that's that's a tough one because I always play to the crowd. You know, you got it's you always got to play to the crowd. So if the O line's in there. Uh, recently, they love some big booty remix, which I love that too. I love that. Uh, you know, today for the O line, it was a heavy Pantera day, which was awesome. Um, you know, and then as the day progresses, the style kind of changes, right? Might get a little, uh, little baby, might get a little Roddy Rich. You know, you get the NBA young boy, you get all that kind of stuff. Um, but if it's a Friday, you're going to have some crazy heavy metal. I mean, you are. You're going to mix in some rap here and there, but it's got to be some screams. It's got to be some wailing on the, on the guitar. Um, you know, just cause it, it, it does, it sets, it sets the tone, but I am weird. Like even in like, you know, some of our warmups that we do on certain days, it's like crazy intense techno to where it's like just upbeat and it's crazy. And like, you're just vibing with it. Um, you know, like I said, on the recovery days, you kind of slow it down. Your little nineties R and B. You know, and everybody loves, uh, so, so, yeah, boys to men, some usher. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, if it's a Friday and it's it's on, it's Pantera, it's Metallica, it's ACDC, Judas Priest. I mean, the hits, the good stuff. Yes, man, dude, I can't wait to come watch a, a quick lift uh, back in Madison next time I'm there, coach. Always man, welcome, this is, dude. This has been awesome. I really Incredible. can't wait. I can't wait to see the product. You know, on the field, I know from just off the Instagram stuff, people are competing. You're doing those, uh, the, the, uh, the dudes bikes. of the week the, and the dudes of the week Oh, the dudes Dude. of the week. Is that something you did at Cincinnati? The dudes of the week? It was, it was, you know, again, I, I just, I'm one of those guys. I'm not a self promoter. I'm never going to be like, Oh, look at me. Look at what we're doing. You know, I'm not filming guys. I'm not talking about myself. I always want to pump this program and I want to pump these kids up because that's what they deserve. They work so hard. You know, I, I selfishly want people to see how much, you know, how hard they're working and how well they're, they're doing. So the dudes of the week started a couple of years back. And, you know, what's a dude? A dude's just somebody that does everything right. He trains hard, makes his body weight. He's accountable. He's doing great in academics. And in turn, it's not like he's hitting crazy numbers in the weight room. He's selfishly making others around him better by his leadership, his work ethic, his demeanor his passion. So, um, you know, that's my baby and I'm glad to bring it here. And, uh, the kids are already loving it. They're like, damn coach, what do I got to do to be a dude of the week? And I'm like, Hey, you know, we'll find out, you know, I mean, every facet of the game. Yeah. Every, yeah, we'll find every, out, yeah. Um, I love the competition. I love the competing. That's something that either Barry came up with or JD came up with. Um, and we did it. It was, it was intense. Like you saved energy to compete at the end. Because you you would have to run if you lost to your opponent, and then have to run more if your team lost, which was which was awesome, but also kind of sucked at the same time. Yeah, uh, I held the front court over five minutes once, and John Stockwell beat me, and I was like, "Coach, you gotta be kidding! This dude's not even two hundred pounds. Like, this isn't <laughs> fair for one second. <laughs> that that one would get a little long. A five minute competition, you might start to lose a little juice." Well, when, when the linemen are down after like a minute or a minute and a half, you're like, guys, this is, you know, people are shaking and going like convulsing. Yeah. Um, but I love, dude, I love what I see. Uh, you know, I'm so excited that, you know, you're the head guy and uh, I just, you know, wishing you the best and wishing the guys the best. 
No, I appreciate that, man. And again, as a former player, like I said, all I want to do, make these kids proud, give them the best, and make all you former Badgers proud because I know how much this program means to you. I know I've only been here a short amount of time, but it means everything to me. And uh, that's my motivation to not to not let these kids down, to not let you guys down. And, uh, you know, we're going to do great things here, and it's going to be done the right way through hard work, um, through competition, which, let's face it, that breeds excellence. And, uh, you know, we're going to put these kids in situations where when, you know, stuff happens in a game, it ain't nothing like the way they've trained. It ain't nothing like the way they practice. And uh, I think the cool thing that these kids have really taken off on is, uh, yeah, no doubt there's a one-on-one competition. Um, but again, just like in the game of football and just like life, you can't do this alone. And that's what's really cool is that the only way you're going to be the best version of yourself and to be the to be the absolute best at whatever position you are and whatnot is if you got guys around you pushing you to be that, upholding you to the standard, holding you accountable. Because, you know, you and me, we're fullbacks. I was a fullback back in the day. I see you, dog. Um, you <laughs> Not know, anymore in Wisconsin, man. I say no, I, you never know. You never, you never know. know. Could be a you goal. Could be a goal line pack. There, right. Hey, listen, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, listen, if we win games, I don't care if they ever bring a fullback back. I, I, exactly. I just want to win football games and I want the dudes to be successful. That's, yep. that's what I'm hoping for, but I will miss it. Yes, I know you will. I miss it too. Trust me, it breaks my heart. Well, but, well it's uh, also going to hurt my viewing experience because every time a fullback scored, Bernie shotguns a beer. And if there's going to be no more full, fullback scoring, I'm not going to get to see Bernie shotgunning beers nearly as much anymore. And that's going to make me a little bit sad. How about Maybe we we'll... just make it every time there's a touchdown? Oh, that's going to be a problem. Well, with, with, with in the Longo's Phil Longo offense, offense no. I, might be, I might not be able to stand up. By Bernie, you won't be game. standing up by the end of the first quarter, I, I think is the goal with all the talent they've got on hand there now. Oh, my man. goodness. I, it's a lot of runs to, to, to quick trip, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, well, listen, Coach Collins, we cannot thank you enough for spending some time with us, a lot of time here with us uh, this evening. This has not only been informative, but inspiring. And even though I didn't get to even a third of the questions I wanted to ask, I I mean, I can't have asked you for, uh, uh, you know, for any more. Thank you so much. Uh, We will definitely be staying in touch. Where can people find out you follow you on Instagram and Twitter? Yeah. Uh, Well, that's great. You put me on the spot. I think my uh, my Twitter is uh, BC, BC Strength. Uh, sorry, Boston College and all those other BCs. I, I got that back in the day. It's okay. I camped um, at Boston College in high school, and I have no love lost for them. So they're exactly, you know, exactly good about it. Forget and that. then uh, my Instagram, it might be the the same, but maybe like BC Strength like five, which was my number. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be right. <laughs> it, it is BC Strength five on Instagram. There we go. There we go. See, there we go. Um, I'm way more fluent on Twitter than I am Instagram. Instagram's too new. There's too much stuff going on, but. You know, hey, whatever the kids are on, I'm all about. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's been an honor, man. And uh, you know, hopefully we can do this again sometime. I'm always down to talk about the boys and uh, you know, give some insight. We definitely will have you back. I would love to have a little uh, old and new together, bring you and Bot on together, talk some old school, oh, new man. school stuff. I've I've communicated a bunch with Bot, and uh, you know, can't wait to the day we finally get to get together. Um, I was very fortunate to get with Brad Arnett. Owen Arnett's dad, shout out right here. You know what I mean? Next level, yeah. Um, and just hearing, you know, great things. You know, he, him and I talked for like three hours on Saturday, and it was awesome. And wow. uh, that's where he, that's where, you know, he, I, I brought up JD to him, and he was even like, oh, he holds a special place in my heart. 
And I told him, well, that's my goal is to hold a, a new special place in your heart because, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to leave an impact here and, you know, a legacy that these kids and this program will remember. Well, I think that is the, uh, the the perfect place to end it for tonight. So uh, on that note, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. Until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. There we go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.